You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ. Rearranger. You feel my Live from Podcast Detroit and Rockin' Royal Oak, Michigan. It's time to take a leap of faith with Jackie, Rocky, Nora, and Gina for some entertainment and inspiration. Join them every Wednesday at noon. You can always find us at PodcastDetroit.com. I gotta ask, what were you born to do? What time is it? It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. For you guys or no? Can everybody? It's just our country internet. Our country no, I'm internet. No, I hear. Okay. Happy day. Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. It's it's gloomy Wednesday, but I'm happy. Are you happy? I know. Oh. <laughs> yes. You look good, Nora. Yeah, you do. You look oh, great. Right? Good. On. You got. Uh, you don't have the purple. Hey, yeah, I'm back to me. I'm Aww. back to me. Okay. You're, you're always you. Listen. <laughs> what? What? I have a question. Listen, we're listening. Listen. So you know the program. What would you do? say it again? You what would you do? What would you do? You what know the television. You? Oh, like yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. That guy. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. that guy. I do too. John Kim <laughs> Young. Yeah. You, you love do? that guy. That guy. <laughs> so I love this. Program. I want to be on this show. Like I want to be put to the test. However. I recently just saw one where they were talking about lying. They were trying to get people to lie for strangers. So I saw that. Mm. I would totally do it. I 100%. saw that. One. I never saw that guy. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> so would you lie? First of all, who would lie for me? I would. I would. Hands I would. down. I, I got would. your backs. Yep. Doesn't yep. matter what the lie yeah. is. I you know would. that's fun. That's funny, Gene that you asked that because I asked John Paul that question. I said, would you lie for me? And he said, yes. And then he said, well, it depends who I had to lie to, like who the lie was. Oh, like wow. If, yeah. See, that's some bullshit. No. <laughs> no, I would lie. I would cover for you every way. There's no, yeah. You roll your eyes, but yeah. I would cover for you every yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, I'd help you. I'd help you bury the body and everything. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yep. a ride or die. Yeah, but it yep. was that show was. Go ahead. Go well, ahead. Here's Gina. what I would. So you know, my father passed. Jackie, your father passed. So I was. It made me think about our fathers. And if Jackie, let's say, because you know, you knew my father. I knew your father, Jackie. Yes. If you found out something about my father asked after he had passed. Mm. Jackie, did you know 
Ooh. I would, would you lie. lie? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I think it would depend if if I thought it would hurt you. Yeah. I would lie. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would lie if I thought it hurt you. So you in other yeah. words. It, yeah, like, is, are there situations where we would lie over some yeah. over other? Like, yeah. like yes. he's been gone. I can't say, <laughs> Richard. Like, I can't go back and talk yeah. to him. Like, why or how? Or you can't go back and talk to your dad and say why or how? Mm, yeah. Right, right. If you found out something that you knew was going to be hurtful to me, would you lie? Um, yes, I that, would lie. That just there, shows... would, there would be no reason to hurt you. Right. What's the point? But, but that just shows that even when you're lying, you're still caring about people. <laughs> right? That's true. It's a situational lie. Like I was, I was thinking about that because, because Jackie, our fathers have passed and we knew each, you know, we've known each other a long time. Right. I was, right. I think I Sorry, but I think I would lie to you too because there'd be no way for you to go back and talk to him about right, it. Mm-hmm. right, exactly. Knowing that because I know you so well, mm-hmm. knowing that someday you might say to me, you know, you might find out that I lied. I am so angry at you. Right, right. But I would hope that you would understand. I did it in the name of. Friends. She'll get over it. She'll get yeah. over it. Yeah. Just give us some wine. Gina, 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 is there, okay. I was going to say, Gina, is there something you yeah. know? Should we talk off the air? <laughs> We're going to pause the show for just a yeah. moment, clarify we'll all this. <laughs> you know what? This show was just thought provoking, and I just thought about that. Like, yeah. are there times, are there situations, like, because they were, this was all strangers, so you didn't know, right. you know, they, they were right. a lot stranger. And that made me think, but I lie for a stranger. I don't know. It would depend on it was. And that got me thinking, I think there's situations where you lie, you would lie right. because it was a friendship and I was trying to protect you mm-hmm. or you were trying right. to protect mm-hmm. me. I don't know. It was right. just interesting. You know, well, what, what I, I thought was interesting was how easy it was for people to lie for a stranger because there is no connection. So mm-hmm. Can yeah. lie, walk away, and not worry about the consequences, which right, is yeah. different. That's true. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was, you know, and as a teacher, I sometimes would lie to, you know, lie to the kids, but it was like to benefit their education. Like, oh my gosh, I'm yeah. so proud of you. You did so well. Like, you are so yeah. good. Are you- that motivation so sometimes a lie is a good thing because you're motivating them to try or do more or that kind of right thing. So, I don't know. right hmm. no I, I thought it was interesting too yeah but the one I thought was interesting was how um they were asked to um, promote a product that they knew did not work I thought that was interesting <laughs> that's a good only one, one person wouldn't do it <laughs> that's so funny oh my goodness yeah that's funny. Yeah, but you know what I, job you know, oh, <laughs> they were doing like infomercials. They weren't getting paid oh. and they were sitting there talking about how great the product was and then uh, laughing and at work. how bad it didn't work. Off. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> that but, was kind of look, interesting. So, so Jackie, I have a, 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 a show idea that they should do because mm. I was in a bank robbery. I think you remember this. Yes. I, I was working at Macy's. I went to the bank to cash my check 
Yes. And it was a bank I never go to because my sister-in-law asked me to do some banking for her. So I go to this bank and this I'm standing behind the bank robber. <laughs> but I didn't know he was going to rob the bank. That's oh, how it, it's yeah. funny now when I look back wow. at it because it was kind of warm outside and he had like a long sleeve flannel shirt and gloves and you know and I think <laughs> And he, he, he even said, like, he gets up and he said, oh, you can go. And he let me go before him. And I was like, thank you. You know, I <laughs> so I go ahead of him and he goes up to the, the teller, I guess, that he wanted to get to. And I hear him say, put the money in the bag and don't put the die pack in there and all of that. And I'm I look and I'm like, well, that's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> And then he runs out. So the the thing that would be funny, they put everybody that was in there, of course, they locked the doors. You can't leave, you know, and they, they kind of put us in, in rooms like separately to, to get everybody's statement. And I just remember um, this one lady, her statement was totally different than mine. So it's just really? like, you know, a bank robbery. And then they interview the people and see how different the stories are. Wow. Yeah, that's the weirdest part. It was so different really? from what I saw. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah, wow. that would be a good idea, a good show. So was she yeah, part oh, of I the situation? So. Was she part of the bank robbery or was she just, was it her perception, was her reality? And it was, it was her perception. She wasn't part, he didn't have anybody helping him except for the getaway car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that was it. Uh, yeah. And when he ran out, it was like everything happened in slow motion because I couldn't believe it was happening. So that was. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I was in a bank robbery. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> wow. So I held up at gunpoint. I worked at a store and was held up. So that's another show, too. I had a gun oh, stuck see? in my mm. See? See? So yeah. That's another, another yeah. show. Wow. Okay, how do we get on the go? Okay, never well, I mind. work at the parlor and I make pizzas, and the other night there was a mad spider that walked across the floor. Oh and my god, freaked out, and that's the most danger we haven't had, Lee. So, <laughs> all right, you're, you're lucky. Yeah. All right, Jackie, I don't Jackie know why Wallace. yours is cutting out, Gina. Yeah, it is, it's going in and out. We don't know why. We don't know, don't why. know why. Okay, there. Oh. Okay, yeah, I'm here. You guys we, did. We did. did. We go oh. where? Are we okay? Oh, it's right here. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. The the internet today is just terrible. Is it? Here it might be the weather. It? Might be the weather, mm-hmm. or it might be that you guys live in the woods. Maybe that's it. All right. Are we good? Can we get going? Can we get? Yeah, ready? let's get going. Let's get ready. Okay, let's go. Let's get ready. With no music today. Let's get ready. This segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. It's been said our lives are defined by moments, especially the ones we never see coming. When life throws a curveball with little hope to hang on to, it takes a pivot to awaken our purpose. 
Maybe that's why today's guests, the contemporary Christian rock pop band, Pivotal Awakening, have created such a buzz since the release of their first song, So Blind. Within just two years of hitting the industry, their fan base has surpassed over 90,000 people from around the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Already nominated four times at the Detroit Music Awards, musician and founder Andy Graves, along with singer-songwriter Mindy Odom, have set out to change the world one note <laughs> at a time. Welcome to the Nooner Show, Andy and Mindy. Thank you. First of all, congratulations on all the success, especially in such a short period of time. Four nominations, right? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, it's wow. just been unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of those nominations was for Best Vocalist, Christian. Mm-hmm. Vocalist. Is that right, Mindy? Yep. Yes. That, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and then 90,000 followers. That's insane. That is incredible. It is. Yeah, that it is, is insane. That's crazy. Yeah, We're going to start. Nine. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. Right. We had our we had our little conference call <laughs> to prepare for for uh, the interview today. And mm-hmm. when I was telling them 90,000 followers, Gina said, and we can't get to 2020. <laughs> we need to start singing, girls. Um, well, before we get into the, the backstory of how let the dog out Uh-oh. of how we how we got to this how you got to this point in this mm-hmm. journey, um, Minnie, I'm gonna ask you why do you think so many people resonate with your music? 90,000 people from around the world in such a short time. What is it about your music that people connect with? Oh, I, you know, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I have so much trouble wrapping my brain around it being our words, our our ideas, the, the sounds that we make uh, that people are listening to. It's such a surreal feeling. And it's really hard for me to accept that there are that many people that that wa- that want to listen to me. <laughs> Um, but what I, I think maybe what resonates is our, our genuineness. Uh, you know, when we write a song, it's about something that we feel passionately about and we want every person to feel seen and heard and loved and to know that they are uniquely created and that they have a place in the world. And so I, I hope, I hope that's what draws people in. I hope that they hear and feel that. Uh, that just so, gave me goosebumps all yeah, over when yeah. you said that though. So well, that's yeah. so powerful. I, I, and then her voice is so your voice oh. is really, really pure. That mm-hmm. it, the sound yeah. of it is really pure to me. Thank you. Your, yeah. vo- your voice is beautiful. It it yes. really is the way you deliver the songs. And we're gonna yeah. get into that in a little bit. So let's go back to the beginning, Andy. Mm-hmm. All right. I want you because I think a big part of like what um, Mindy was saying is you guys are it's genuine because you're you're singing with your your emotion from your experiences, real mm-hmm. experiences, and you're you're trying to create hope. And I'm assuming for people that are listening to your music based off the things that you guys have gone through. Right. But um, Andy, take us back to August sixteenth, nineteen eighty seven. 
Oh, my goodness. So uh, back then, I was a paramedic working for Huron Valley Ambulance, working on a Sunday afternoon. Um, we'd started our shift at 7 a.m. that morning, and we're just having an absolutely normal, typical Sunday shift. Um, nothing unusual, nothing to indicate anything crazy was going to happen. Although in the line of work I'm in, that's always a possibility. You just never know what you're going to face or see on a given day. Um, so then that evening, things changed. Mm, yeah. Tell us about it. Mm -hmm. um, we responded to North uh, to Detroit Metropolitan Airport. And what was unusual when uh, we got the call, we were actually in our station and we heard two station alarms go off, which for our system was extremely unusual to have two go off back to back. So immediately ours parked up. And from the alarms we heard the Belleville unit and ours, we were in Ypsilanti that night and uh, went out to our truck and were dispatched to the airport. And we were told it was for an aircraft down and we had responded before for trouble with aircraft, like, uh, let's say, landing gear stuck or, you know, some other kind of issue on the airplane. But we had never actually made it to the airport for any kind of incident. So we were leaving um, already a little bit apprehensive and, and nervous hearing the word crash. That gets your attention. And then about halfway there, we were given information on the type of airplane and then how many victims we could expect. And then we pulled in um, along Middle Belt Road from the north of the scene. Our the unit from Belleville came in from the south and then uh, parked and started walking in. Wow. Mm. That's unbelievable. How long were you a paramedic before that happened? I was brand new. So I started up as oh, a paramedic in December of 1985. So this wasn't even oh, two wow. years into my career. Wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. my gosh. Wow. Mm. And, and the reason I guess I, I want to go back to, to that point is because I know your song, Autumn Rain. August Rain. August yep. Rain. Yeah. Yep. Um, fast forward a little bit then from okay. that point. Were you a musician at that time as well? Um, back then, I was only dabbling with keyboards, and I'm still not the world's greatest keyboard player. It wasn't until a few years later that I developed um, playing bass guitar. But I always liked, you know, tinkering with the, with the keyboard and grew up with a piano in the house and played flute and oboe as a kid in school. So there was always a little bit of music floating around. And around that time in the late 80s, I was dabbling with writing a little bit of music, although nothing really concrete, okay. mainly just for my amusement and, you know, trying to learn how to play an instrument. Okay. And so what transpired in your life after that event? Um, let me see. After that event, I continued working down in the inner area for a couple more years. And then I went up to Flint, Michigan, where I worked as a firefighter paramedic and retired as a battalion chief and spent almost my whole career up there. And it was during my career at the fire department that I picked up bass guitar and started playing with bands and started really thinking seriously about, hey, let's write some music and, and see what happens. Um, so all through the 90s and the 2000s was playing with bands of all shapes and sizes. Um, you name it. I mean, we had a basement band of firefighters. I played in a, uh, a Christian band that toured churches. I played in rock bands that played all over southeastern Michigan. Uh, recorded an album with one of those rock bands at the studio that Mindy and I currently use today. And um, just in those those years, started thinking, you know, someday I would like to address the Northwest 255 crash in music. And then the memorial went up at the site, and I visited that on my own. And there's this 
absolutely incredible, powerful poem on the back of the memorial. And um, when you read it, it just pulls out the emotions in you and, you know, gets the tears welling in your eyes. And to me as a musician, poetry is just a step away from song lyrics. And at that point, I already had the idea in my head that I wanted to write something in some way about my experiences at, uh, at the crash. And immediately right then was just struck like, I'm going to do this. And immediately standing right there in Romulus had the title already thought in my mind that, okay, I I think I've got a direction I want to take this. And then, you know, just off and on tried to try to write the song and it just never really materialized. And mainly I was trying to write it in the early 2000s when I was playing with the band that was recording with our our producer, Marshall, Um, and basically tabled it for almost 15 years after that. Wow. Then when when Mindy and I got together to do our first song, that was literally two weeks after the uh, would have been last year's memorial service down in Romulus. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to tackle this again and uh, decided to write it in a totally different direction. Instead of being more about my experiences, it was more um, general about mm. the overall feelings of grief and loss and healing and hope and faith. And um, I shared it with Mindy, which was a uh, nerve wracking experience. I think for both of us, I wasn't nervous to share um, the story of what I'd experienced and where this song came from. I was more nervous. I was going to scare Mindy away with the subject matter because this is deep stuff, you know, that right, yeah. when, you know, when you, when you breach into that issue. Um, mm-hmm. And she was just a hundred percent on board and literally the song was done just within a couple of days. And um, even in the early steps of writing it, I could hear Mindy's voice singing it. And it was like um, the, the, that one little thing that just helped make it all come together as I had, you know, the, the idea and, you know, Mindy's voice and her feedback and suggestions on how we should make this all happen and in terms of song structure and lyrics. And it came together and then we recorded it and it was just incredible, an absolutely incredible experience. So how did you, how did you and, and Mindy meet? How did we play together, together at our church. Um, so we've known oh. each other through church on our worship team for a couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I started writing again last year, um, it had been quite a while since I tried. And I just had the idea with our first song, Soul Blind, that I want to record this. You know, I want to go back to the days that I remember in 2000 where we're at the studio with friends and we're having a great time pulling music together and making it all happen. And I started thinking of the people that I would want to do that. And the one and only vocalist I thought of, Mindy, there was no backup plan, was Mindy. <laughs> and, uh, and she graciously agreed. And then I had friends from other bands that I'd played with over the years to come in and do drums and guitar. And uh, it just came together incredibly. And then um, after that song, what Mindy and I never expected was what's transpired in the last year. It's just been incredible. Oh, yeah. wow. The song Mindy- is, is beautiful. It really is beautiful. We were going to play it, but unfortunately with the new copyright laws with Facebook, we can't, we can't play any of the music. So we got to hear it, but um, one of the things we can post a link to it too. Yeah. Link to the, um, yeah, to the, the the, end interview, we'll post a link to the song. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, one of the other things too was the uh, sort of mini documentary you did on YouTube. Yeah. The story yep. of August Rain. That we need to post that link too. That was okay. wonderful. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So, Mindy, Mindy, let me ask you what um, did you know his story when he approached you with this song idea? No, no, <laughs> no. We did the first, uh, we Soul Blind was just, you know, one, one, and one song for fun. And, mm-hmm. uh, one 
one practice at church or I believe it was a practice mm-hmm. and he said I would like I would like to talk to you and he was very serious and seemed nervous I was like oh <laughs> 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 like what did I do no. <laughs> yes, exactly I went into panic like oh no he decided mm-hmm. after all that I'm terrible and then he was <laughs> And because when he originally asked me to sing, I was like, sure, I've never done an original song. Before. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> a lot of people hear you. <laughs> so he sat down and, and, and told me his story. And in uh, there's just so much memory and emotion and just pure feelings from his recollection of that day. And and so he explained to me what he experienced and how important it was that it was a part of his healing journey to write a song and mm-hmm. would I be willing to sing? And I just thought, are you wow. sure? <laughs> wow. I'm, all I'm all in a hundred, 10% all mm-hmm. in. Uh, so Maybe. yeah, he was brave enough to tell me after, after we had already done a song together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mindy, did you remember the accident? I actually am the age of the one survivor. So I was about four years old. Wow. Yeah. I have a question for Andy. Mm -hmm. When you go through, you know, something as traumatic as what you went through, you were very intent about your healing process. How did you Mm -hmm. kind of like decide, because I feel like a lot of people want to just pretend it didn't happen. And they deal with, they, they don't, a lot of people don't even realize what they're dealing with is PTSD. So right. when did you kind of say, you know, this is like, this is my journey and I'm going to take initiative to heal from this traumatic experience. That's wow. a good well, question. Yeah. Very good question. And um, first responder PTSD is something that's still a developing field. And there's this um, impression that the men and women out there doing the police, fire, EMS and 911 work, are just these Teflon superheroes that everything bounces off of. And um, while that may be the impression on the surface, there's a human being underneath the badge and the uniform that takes Mm -hmm. all that home with them. And um, with that introduction, um, we were so fortunate um, that our employer here on Valley Ambulance took PTSD of first responders very seriously back in the 1980s. And that was almost unheard of. And immediately after the accident, we were taken to St. Joe's in Ypsilanti and we met with um, social workers there, um, both individually and as a group. And then our company paid for individual therapy sessions for as long as we wanted to go. They were totally supportive in terms of, you know, do you need a day off? You know, are you good to get back on the road? Um, Just everything that you needed in terms of support from an organization was there for us. And I think that really helped um, right from day one to realize that this will probably be the most significant, most challenging event of my career, which it was, um, Mm. and helping to get you on the road of how do you process this and how do you... um, somehow accept what you saw and dealt with. So I think that was a springboard for just being able to carry it into the other major aspect of my life outside of family and faith, which is music. Um, Mm -hmm. And to someday take this experience in some way and and in some form, um, put it down on, on paper, so to speak, and um, make it something that I could, I could share as kind of a a catharsis and kind of an emotion of of, Mm -hmm. a feeling of, of healing. So, and then I think the other thing that really helped in terms of the healing was 
Um, I never went to the memorial service itself until the 20 year mark, so the 20th anniversary. And I visited oh, I was the site. Ask that question. Yep. Yeah. And I visited the site a few times and been to the memorial many times on my own and took my wife there a couple times. But that that feeling of being at the site on the night, on the day was just too overwhelming and couldn't deal with it. So I finally on the 20th year decided, all right, I'm, I'm going to go back on the anniversary evening. And I was apprehensive as to like how the family members would receive first responders and just nervous about being there and all the, all the things that a person would feel. And what was overwhelmingly positive was the response and support from the family members. Um, They were just loving and surrounding you with care and expressing appreciation for what the first responders did for them that night. And that was the beginning of positive experiences. So Mm -hmm. try to think of those 20 years leading up to that. The only memory I had of the accident was the accident. You know, whenever I thought of of an accident, which is every day you think about it in some way. Um, But the only way I had or the only thing that I thought of was the bad memories. So Mm -hmm. starting at that 20 year mark, um, just started building some positive memories with the families and meeting other first responders. And then my wife and I every spring or late summer would go down with a few of the family members and we would clean up the site and get it ready for the memorial. And just those little things just started kind of balancing out those negative feelings and emotions. Mm -hmm. And then of course, working with Mindy and our producer Marshall and our musical friends um, has just been a continuation of that. And um, in terms of healing, it's just been incredible. So I used to suffer from um, nightmares and flashbacks and just, Mm -hmm. you know, bad things that come with with the stress of dealing with something like this. And I'm thankful to say, knock on wood, I haven't had those in many years. And that's all all because of the healing process that was started Mm -hmm. literally from day one. That's amazing. My next question is, you are so rooted in your faith, Mm -hmm. which I find incredible. Um, How did you not, like, I mean, a lot of people who go through what you've gone through get angry with this. And how did you Mm -hmm. stay rooted in your faith and let that be part of your healing? Yeah, that is a a good challenge because I did go through some of that. You know, how could this happen? Mm -hmm. Um, What what on earth would... Um, make something happen that those people had to suffer what they had to suffer. Yeah. And by those, by, yeah. by those people, I'm meaning the victims and the, and their families mm-hmm. and their extended friends, mm-hmm. not so much the first responders. And um, it is only you were been, suffering too, though. You yep. were suffering. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's only been through the healing journey and, and looking at things in a different light that um, I started grabbing onto things that are positive. Um, the first would be the memorial service. Every single year, the families assemble at the memorial service and they gather from all over the country. Um, this year was a little bit um, less because of COVID, obviously, but it's almost like a, a little mini family reunion. And they're there to love and support each other through what's still a difficult and challenging memory. And I started learning about um, some of the things that happened in terms of aviation safety. There were incredible Um, investigations into the cockpit behavior of this particular crash that led to safety standards that are still in effect today, that are still making flying safer for you and me and our loved ones today. Um, And then, of course, following the journey of Cecilia, the survivor, she participated in a documentary movie a few years ago, and it was just incredible to see her and that she has carried on with life and is married and has a child. Um, It was just something that was incredible to see. So in terms of faith, um, I kind of I kind of went on a long journey there, but um, when I when I think about all those positive things that came out of tragedy, that helps with the acceptance a little bit more. That 
you know, I may never understand God's plan for this event or any other particular event, yeah. but I can see things that happened as a result and that, and by things, I mean, positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something for me to hang on to as well. And then in terms of my personal faith, I'm, one of the big things I work on is just acceptance. You know, things are what they are and they happen for a reason. And a lot of yeah. times I can't do anything to change or affect the reason that they happened. I might have a little piece to, to, to work on in the, uh, the process of the event through my work as an example. Um, but I just, I really try not to worry about the whys and just deal with the what is, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It does. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Was your faith strong before the accident? Back in 87, were, were you a person that had a strong faith? No, back then I really did not. Um, I grew up in a, I guess you'd call it a Christmas Easter church family. We went twice a year and, <laughs> and religion was not a big part of my life, but it was always something that was there and something I wondered about. And it wasn't until the early nineties, uh, a friend of mine from the police department in Flint invited us to his church. And that's what started the spiritual journey for both me and my wife. That's when um, faith started becoming much more important. So uh, what happened as soon as the, as soon as the accident had happened, there was a, mm-hmm. some time in between I'm sorry so your your spiritual journey there was there were a few years in between of your yes. of the of the event how to, what coping mechanism did you use during mm. those 3 to 5 years whatever how many of years mm-hmm. what coping mechanism did you use to get through the day to to wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, so we had the, the therapy that was offered through um, St. Joe's Hospital. And then I actually left the road for a while um, shortly after the accident because I was stationed in Ypsilanti and Romulus. That's where my shift rotation took me. Now imagine what you're seeing every day driving around in Ypsilanti and Romulus. What do you see? Oh, wow. Airplanes. Yeah. Airplanes. All oh, day, every day. Every day. Yeah. And yeah. You know, it kind of got to be um, just you know, I wasn't worried that the accident was going to happen again, but there was just this constant reminder that you couldn't get away from. Uh, So I actually mm -hmm. went into dispatch for about a year and just kind of took a break from being out on the street um, and then went back on the road. And um, in terms of the other part of your question, how do you deal with the memories? Um, I did my best to just bury it and you cannot bury something like that. Mm -hmm. It just keeps coming back. Um, So typically around the anniversary period, I would get very withdrawn and very depressed and very quiet Mm -hmm. and um, just, using methods that are not healthy to try and deal with this. Mm -hmm. Um, Even with the support that I mentioned to you at the beginning, it was still a challenge. Um, And it's been a very gradual process in terms of getting better. And um, really, like I mentioned earlier, right at that 20-year market when I went to the uh, anniversary, that's when things turned the corner, so to speak. Um, And it became not so much a devastating, impossible feeling and set of memories to get around, but instead something that I could manage and um, accept and now today channel in a different direction. I'm really proud of you because mm-hmm. I don't know <laughs> yeah. just um, to hear your story and to hear, you know, thankful, thankfully that your company had, you know, the um, mm-hmm. psychiatrists and all this mm-hmm. stuff you know, for you to take advantage of, but you could have just said, I'm done. I don't want yep. to do this job. Right. Yeah. And you right. could have balled up in the ball, but yep. you know, right. I'm really yep. proud that you, that you wanted to be better and you, mm-hmm. you stayed with it. And, and I just love the song. I really, thank do. you. 
Yeah, and you yeah. you touched on something that that was a consideration. There was I did have some thoughts at one point that do I really mm-hmm. want to be out here and, and doing this? Um, and thanks to the support of our company, I stuck with it. I had friends that I went to EMT school with, that I went to paramedic school with, that I knew from other agencies that didn't have that support. And there were a lot of people that left the business because of this mm-hmm. incident. There were even a few first yeah. responder suicides of people that went to this. Oh incident. wow! So oh, to have yeah. that. To have that support um, to be able to get through this from our company, like I said, it was the foundation of getting better. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's something I carried forward through my whole career because having had that experience at such a young age when I was right. um, working at the fire department and moving up in the ranks of supervision, um, I had to look for and recognize my crew members having problems with runs. Mm-hmm. And let's say we went to a motor vehicle accident or a house fire that might have just bounced off me. Um, as something that I could deal with, that might have been the most traumatic event my rookie firefighter had ever seen in his life. And the the experience of 255 and the journey of working through the stress counseling gave me tools as a leader to be able to talk to my crewmates and, you know, help Mm. point them in the right direction and make sure that, you know, one of the biggest things that you have to do is you have to get this out of your head. You can't keep Mm -hmm. it all in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that was talking with me at the station or talking with somebody else or talking with one of our pastoral support staff at the fire department or going off to social workers and counseling. um, It helped me to recognize that later on um, as a, as a supervisor. And I'm really grateful for that. Wow. So let's go ahead, Gina. All right, Andy, what piece of advice would you offer was this what you're going to ask what piece nope. of advice? <laughs> it's a good one but she's happy <clears throat> who is who has buried away a traumatic event mm-hmm. who is not facing or who recently has experienced something that is mm-hmm. quite devastating how, how do you begin how do you begin the process to heal how do you begin mm-hmm. the acceptance of what you've witnessed mm-hmm. someone what piece of advice can you offer someone who is still grappling with this mm-hmm. traumatic, whatever it is in their yep. life? What do you? Wow, for that, uh, very good question. Thank you. Um, I guess the biggest thing that I could, I could suggest is healing starts with a step, and that first step is, you know, the the step one that you have to find in yourself to take. And if you are suffering from some kind of traumatic or stressful incident you are going to stay stuck in that traumatic and stressful incident until you take that first step toward healing. And as difficult and as challenging as it can be, if you want to get better as a human being, you have to be willing to take that step. Otherwise, it's going to continue to just fester. And I mentioned, you know, getting it out of your head. Um, our brains will go crazy with stuff and just play things over and over again and imagine all the whys and what fors and, and reasons and explanations and the majority of that stuff is just crazy thoughts that pop into your head and you just get Mm -hmm. stuck in this little, um, I guess you could say bubble of confusion or bubble of stress that just Mm -hmm. never gets better. And then it starts spreading to other areas of life, you know, it affects your relationships Mm -hmm. or it affects your health. And, um, that's when things can really get ugly and devastating. And in order to, to, you know, resolve these situations, you have to be willing to reach out and make the, make the connection with someone that can help you be it, you know, a trusted family member or, you know, the pastor, you know, someone at your church or, you know, professionals, but all that help is available for you, but you have to be willing to, to step out and go get it. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Yeah, wow, it's amazing. Let's talk about when the song was finished and recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like? Were you guys, Marshall Block was, is your producer, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, from real to real. He's a great yep. guy. Um, so he recorded the song. Did you tell him mm-hmm. the story when you went into the studio or, or did you guys just go in and record? Wow. Um, Mindy, do you want to talk about that? Oh, story behind that. Yeah, uh, there's a story. Am I missing the story behind that? I was going <laughs> to say that Marshall absolutely no. He know he knew. Andy yeah. Andy shared with uh, Marshall the story, and and so Marshall was all in. He mm-hmm. he yeah. just, he poured himself into uh, really helping us create something that was us, but a step above that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he was just he was fantastic throughout the whole process. But I think, Andy, you remember a story that I'm not remembering. Oh, okay. Um, we actually <laughs> we actually recorded what are called the scratch tracks. So that's the basic foundation of the music. And Marshall had heard it, and he heard the, the vocals, and, you know, really didn't pay a lot of attention to it. And it wasn't until, I think, our second or third, maybe even our fourth session working on this song that I was like, Marshall, do you want to know what this is about? And course i told him and then like mindy said he immediately just jumped on and was like are you kidding me wow i remember that and and we went full war and then um to add a little bit more to the story you know we had several friends um mindy and i couldn't do this without our musical friends that play instruments and sing with us um so as they came into the studio to record we shared the studio the song uh, the story of the song with them so they knew what this was about and um, not only the impact on me as a, as a human, but the impact it might have on all those other people out there that were touched by this crash. Mm-hmm, um, right. And Mindy and I were extremely um, cognizant of the fact that this is a huge incident in Michigan's memory. And there were literally mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of people that were touched by it in some way. Right. And we were really concerned with what are the families of Flight 255 going to think about this? And we need to get some input from them. So we reached out to a guy named Tony Zanger, who coordinates the annual memorial. He was the first family member that I met when I went to that 20th anniversary memorial um, and just shared with him, hey, we're working on this. And can we have some input from you? And here are the lyrics. And I'll send you a snippet of the song as soon as we get something produced. And he was overwhelmingly supportive and encouraging. Um, And to have that coming from a family member who suffered more than I did um, Mm -hmm. was just incredible. And um, then, you know, carrying it forward when we actually released it, um, we gave notice to the the Flight 255 families on their private Facebook page that, hey, we're working on this. Um, It's something that we've really invested a lot of ourselves into. Um, just want to make you aware. Um, we've shared it with Tony um, and he has you know, given us his tremendous blessing in terms of what we're doing and then shared it with them. And again, the response from the families was when the song was released was unbelievable, overwhelming, um, at many times emotional. Um, both Mindy and wow. I reading, reading the comments coming in on our Facebook page were often moved to tears from some of the wow. comments coming from family members. Um, and it was just Absolutely incredible and beyond anything we ever dreamed. Have you think you, go ahead, Jack. You think you'll perform it at a memorial at some point in the future? Um, that was actually asked about at the memorial service mm-hmm. that we went to. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know. It would take a little bit of a production effort, but it's something that we would be willing to do. So, wow. And then um, there's, some, there's something else Mindy could share with you. Um, we took a trip um, in the recording process. 
um, to someplace she had never been before. And then this year we went with her husband and my wife to the memorial, memorial service for the first time. And she might have some thoughts on what that was like. Wow. Wow. What was that like for you, Mindy? Emotional is is the the best way that I know how to describe it. Uh, All all kinds of emotions. uh, So Andy planned a trip for his wife and him and my husband and I to go to the crash scene, the site. And Andy walked us through and uh, just really put it into perspective. I was terrified to do the vocals on this song. I so desperately wanted to be able to offer him something that he felt like he could heal from and share with the world. And so I felt this tremendous weight <laughs> and a, a whole lot of prayer. And, and then of course our friendship, it was, it was just, it was almost overwhelming truly to walk to walk it and then to go to the memorial site and to read every single name in the the poem. And, and, you know, there were memorial items left from the previous Mm. year or throughout the year where family members had visited again. And it, it's just, it's just emotional. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what you, you did a great job delivering the message in that song, because I always say Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the emotion exactly. Mm-hmm. Singer, great singers can make you feel something. Yeah, yeah. That's what you did. And the minute I, I looked tears, it, I sent it right over mm-hmm. to them. It was just, yeah, it, it was beautiful. It's beautiful. It's just right. beautiful. Yep. I think it is. So, a, I think it's a tribute talent too because you were so young and so this wasn't an event where you could draw on. Right. Often people draw on an event experienced it but you had mm-hmm. no point of reference like yeah, some of it's right. in this you were old enough to know oh I remember and I remember where right. I was mm-hmm. you know I remember, I remember watching and wondering and mm-hmm. and so because you didn't have that experience because you were a child and probably didn't see the coverage that some of us saw right. I think it's a testament to your to to your power of voice and your, your artistry you're right. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you. I, I attribute it to prayer. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't know about that, Mindy, because I pray too, and my kids. Listen, we we are running out of time here, so I want to fast forward a little bit, and let's okay. talk about where you guys are at right now with mm-hmm. your music. Wow, Mindy, you want to tackle that one? No, I want you to talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Andy sends me, me a message every day, and he always uh, there's always a stat in there of guess uh-huh. where this song is today. It's what I wake up to every day. Our stat <laughs> is awesome. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So uh, to, to kind of close up on the August rain story, through our friend Tony, we identified a charity that we could use to to generate um, fundraising for. That was the Salvation Army, Army of Eastern Michigan. And every year they provide a refreshment um, and support truck at the memorial site. 
So that seemed to be the natural extension. So what we have done twice through our Facebook followers is done fundraising campaigns. And then we donate our royalties from the song also to the Salvation Army. Um, and they told us something that was absolutely amazing through our initial fundraising drive. So this was back when the song came out in February. They told us that we likely paid for all 30 years of the service before and many years into the future. Wow. Um, and you have to think about that because, the, yeah, it was yeah. incredible. Um, so that was our way to, to give something. Thank you. Yeah. That was our way so to give do, something how do back. People, how do people donate mm-hmm. then with the um, song? There's like, a, what do we do? Yep. There's a link right on our Facebook page. Um, and actually, when we post the social media about today's um, interview, we'll add it again. Um, but okay. there's a, the Salvation Army created a link for us specifically that's that's through us that goes specifically for this purpose. And because um, we funded that one operation, you have to think it's very small. It's just some volunteers, a truck, some gas, and some supplies. It's not a big cost measure. Um, from this point forward, any donations that go fund that area first, but then also fund the entire emergency services division. So every time you see a Salvation Army truck at a disaster or let's say a large structure fire or some other incident, a little piece of um, Pivotal Awakening and our fan support is funding that operation. And that's, again, something we never could have dreamed of. And that was through working with with Tony from the families group. So that's the uh, the ongoing thing that's still happening. That is amazing. Yeah. And look at all you've done. (laughs) It's incredible. It's not me. Um, (laughs) So then in terms of where we are today, so Mindy and I started with this idea of just recording one song just for fun and we we throw that phrase back and forth to each other all the time um we immediately started writing august rain our second song and as of today i think we have 17 16 or 17 songs in the recording Uh, process or just finishing up writing Um, we just released our fifth song called not that different which is um, doing really really well and has been received just incredibly by the audience out there um and it's kind of a song of um um just despite all our differences ourselves as human Mm -hmm. beings and you can think of 12 million of them right off the top of your head at the end of the day we're all human beings we're all god's creatures and sometimes we forget that so that song is kind of talking about um just getting back to the basics that we're all one as god's creatures um so we're just out out, outrageously blown away by the response to that song um so perfect timing it is (laughs) it is perfect yeah. 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 So, so our little one song and just for fun so is turned into something. Are we you never doing expected. an album or? Yep. Um, I think at some point we'll actually make some physical CDs, but um, in terms of today's age, everything is streaming and digital. So um, any CDs that we make would probably just be for us and our family and our friends and our coworkers to share mm-hmm. among them. But uh, maybe when we get up to 10 songs done, we'll explore that. Um, but uh, the amazing thing is just the daily journey. And Mindy mentioned I, I send her a little wake-up message every day. Um, she's a day shifter. I'm a night shifter. So we, we kind of live these kind of opposite cycles. So um, when she's sleeping, when she's sleeping, I'm working on uh, the business of the band. You know, I do the, the promoting and looking for places to submit our music to. And then every day I send her a couple little snippets of, yeah, hey, here's what happened overnight. You know, our song only streamed. 9,000 times in the last 24 hours, you know, just a little oh, stuff wow. like that. <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Um, that's, that's, been great. Fun. that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look back, Andy, at this whole uh, journey and you connect the dots, like, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever seen Steve Jobs' um, uh, speech that he did. At, I can't remember if it was Stanford or Harvard or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the commencement speech. And he talked about connecting the dots 
Um, it's one of the greatest speeches. Mm-hmm. But when you look back at your life and everything you had to go through, mm-hmm. does it make sense of where you're at today? Yeah, yeah in, a, in a way. And then, you know, like I was talking about how I may never envision what God's plan is. Mm-hmm. Well, God obviously had a plan in this. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he's yeah. got me right where he wants me to be. And, you know, has Mindy right where she wants or he wants her to be. And same with all of you. You know, you're right where God needs you to be right now. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of view that as, um, you know, everything is happening for a reason. And um, for whatever reason, God put music into my soul and for whatever reason, you know, inspired this song to come out of it, which, you know, then went mm-hmm. to some friends to be recorded and then went to the world. And um, so, yeah, there is a little bit of that sensation of connecting the dots um, and just a realization mm-hmm. that there's a, there's a higher, bigger plan going on than I'm ever going to conceive. And I just kind of sit back and, you know, kind of do my little part and see what happens. <laughs> so. Yeah. I just, before we, I know we're getting kind of wrapped up on time here, but mm-hmm. what was it like to put that first song out to the world? Like, wow. It was the first time that you, you know, shared that with the masses, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we, um, we recorded the song and then it was released um, right around New Year's Eve of 2019. So not even a year ago. Wow. Um, and then, of course, our family and friends loved it and it was really cool. But then something crazy happened, which happened at church. So I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull a memory out of Mindy. Mindy, do you remember what happened at church? <laughs> I'm sure, Andy. Yes, we were. We were. <laughs> <laughs> I don't always remember everything you remember. Uh, it remembers everything. No, we we were uh, we were on stage, and Andy, you know, called me over, and we were looking, and we had followers from across the world. We were wow. literally wow. watching people from other countries follow Pivotal Awakening, and it was. My, wow. <laughs> That's and yeah, and this was a week after the song was released. So we're literally on stage playing a Sunday church service, and I'm seeing notifications popping up in languages I don't know. And I'm like, what is even <laughs> happening? And that was the beginning. And since then, it's just been uh, every day we have some experience related to this music project of ours that we're just pinching ourselves, going, can you believe this? This is just unbelievable. Wow. How is this happening? Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's incredible. What what's the message you want people to take away from your music going now and even going forward? Wow. What would if they could only take one thing from yep. your, your music, what would yeah. it be? That's difficult to narrow down um, because every one of our songs has a message that we're trying to convey. Um, so there would be something out of each song that I would think of to mention to you that 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 uh, that, that would come to, to my mind is something we'd want them to carry. But in terms of an overall message, I think um, kind of what I touched on a minute ago, um, you are a human that's part of a much bigger plan um, and tap into that, you know, feeling of faith and, you know, find where you fit and let God take you where he wants you to go. Wow. Wow. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. I think that is amazing. How Andy, can people... I, Andy. Wait, Jackie, one second. Andy, I mm-hmm. think you should, um, <laughs> your voice is so calming. So I think you should do um, a book on tape. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> yeah, or right, his own book yeah, on tape. Book there on you tape. go. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah, your story on tape. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great idea. Yeah. Great idea. Yeah. Um, how can people find you guys? Um, we are everywhere on social media. So Pivotal Awakening is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, we have our YouTube channel. And of course, you can find our music on any Spotify or any streaming service, including um, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, SoundCloud, and everything else under the sun. All right. um, hopefully they're saying that uh, festivals and venues and stuff like that will open up for live performances by mm-hmm. the end of uh, next year. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you guys are planning on doing? Um, it's something we've talked about. Um, one of the challenges for us is the band is um, Mindy and I, and we have several friends that have joined us on recording and they all have their own busy lives and their own, some of them are playing in mm-hmm. other bands, some of them in several different bands. Um, so the challenge for us with live recording would be to harness people that would be willing to play with us, um, practicing and getting mm-hmm. stage ready. So that's something that's down the road for the future, um, but certainly not something we've ruled out. Well, you got God on your side, so I don't think mm-hmm. you have. Yeah, one hundred percent. And how how do your families feel about um, you know this commitment to to music? Wow, um, I'll let Mindy start because she has um, young kids that are seeing all this happening. So go ahead, Mindy. They're fantastic. My girls know all the words to all the songs. And my husband is never once discouraged us. Because we'll be in a rush to get a song done. And he's like, go, I got this, you go. Mm, Um, My dad created our website. My mom has done art for one of our song covers. Wow. Uh, It's it's truly all in. Everybody's all in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. Family affair. That's great. And same with me. So my daughters are older, they're college age. um, So they like what's happening. Um, And then my wife is, of course, is my biggest cheerleader. And um, like Mindy mentioned, we couldn't do this without the family support that we have, um, just in terms of um, giving up uh, us, so to speak, so we can run down to Marshall's and get some work done or, you know, like today having to be um, together for an interview, just all, all the things that are happening behind the scenes that let us get out there and do our music is incredible. And we're just so blessed to have such a tremendous family support system. That's great. Yeah, that's really great. Well, thank you guys so much for thank taking you. the time to be Absolutely. Thank you. And, um, thank you, Marshall Black. If yes. you're watching, I hope he is. We have mm-hmm. had uh, a pivotal he... awakening. <laughs> we have, yes. And hopefully everybody else did too. Which I, I love the name I do of too. the band, I Pivotal too. Awakening. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. just so perfect because it really mm-hmm. does take, you know, going through a dark time to mm-hmm. have that pivotal right. awakening. Yeah. Right. Yep. You know? Yep. Um, and, and just the song titles, like even not so different. It, mm-hmm. It's perfect timing mm-hmm. for, for a song like that. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, Thank guys. So Great much. job. Um, we'll post the link. And uh, until next week, Miss Gina. Here we go. Miss Gina with our fortune cookie. Oh, it's got, this one's got numbers on the other side. Oh. <laughs> She's not going to share the numbers. <laughs> Dang. It says, in, this is, I always manage to pick ones that go, go well, and it's huh? dumb. Enjoy life. It is better to be happy. It is better to be happy than wise. Mm, that's good. good. That is Stop. good. Yeah. That's good. And remember, sometimes the only mode of transportation available 
is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking mm-hmm. the leap of faith. Have a happy Wednesday, a happy week. Yes, Be happy safe. Wednesday. We'll see you next yeah. week. Bye, right. everybody. Thanks, you guys. Bye. Take care. Thank you. Bye.